This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Thank you very, very much to Sonic. Go try the new $1.99 Crispy Tender Wraps for a limited time only at Sonic. Mmm. <laughs> and they are also the presenting sponsor for our trip out here to Surprise, which means you get a special Arizona edition of the C-Block starring Corey Majors. Thank you very much. And joining us right now is professional radio broadcaster Matt Hicks. What? Uh, uh, Hicksie, how's it going, man? How are you feeling out here? Oh, it's uh, great to have you guys out here. Uh, we're experiencing wonderful weather, Yes, uh, basking in the glow of a World Series title. And uh, watching uh, these guys go about their business, uh, it's a great time of the year. Now, I just saw the sign up on the, uh, the billboard out there that said, don't throw things onto the field. Now, this comes uh, right after we saw that Texas Tech had some ejections for throwing stuff on the court. So we went back and listened to, like, Billy Tubbs tell people to not throw things on the field. No. If Boach grabbed the microphone to tell people not to throw things onto the field, what do you think that speech would sound like? Would it be very short and, hey, guys, y'all know better? It would, it would be short. It would be something like, hey, cut it out. <laughs> and then he's right back into the dugout. And everybody would pay attention and listen and heed the call because he's Bruce Bochy. He is Bruce Bochy. I mean, you know, um, when, when Dad speaks, everybody listens. So, yeah, it's, 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 it was such a pleasure working with him. Uh, last year, and, um, you know, not just the way he relates to the players, but the way he relates to the media. And I tell you, one of my favorite things to do, because when when uh, when I'm sitting in Eric's chair, I get to do the manager show. And so I get a chance to talk with uh, Boach. And, 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 and Boach is one of those guys, for me, like the day-to-day grind of baseball, What's interesting to talk about in that, that five-minute manager show, sometimes you just want to get away from that day-to-day grind. And he's got such a rich history that I decided, like on Sundays when I, I did the show, that we wouldn't talk about the games at all. We were oh. just going to talk about stuff in Boach's past. And I learned so much about him. What are, like, the, what are the – yeah, give us well, about one a of, few Well, one of, of the things, uh, when we were in uh, Washington, uh, I was doing uh, those games uh, in Eric's chair – and I didn't realize that he, for a portion of uh, his uh, childhood, basically the junior high portion of his childhood was in the suburbs of Washington, D.C., where I grew up. Um, and uh, he was living in northern Virginia, and, uh, you know, he was, you know, just getting into sports and whatnot. But I didn't realize that he had a paper route in 1969 when Whoa. Major League Baseball's All-Star Game was played in Washington, D.C., and he was delivering papers for a, a now defunct newspaper, the Washington Star, and uh, they had a contest that who uh, whoever on their this uh, paper route deal uh, could 
get the most sign-ups for subscriptions, they would get two tickets to the All-Star game cool. at, at uh, D.C. Stadium, uh, which later became known as RFK Stadium. And uh, so he thought he was just he was knocking door to door and he thought he had put together an all star performance that he was going to turn in his subscriptions and he was going to get these two tickets to the all star game. He didn't win. And I asked him, I said, well, did you get anything from your efforts? And he goes, yeah, they gave me a new, you know, people that delivered papers. They had a little. But this huge bag that they would have over their shoulder to <laughs> carry the papers. He yeah. got a new bag. Nice. And that was it. But then later, Big letdown, though. a little later uh, in life, when he was uh, late in his teenage years, um, he played some industrial ball back in the D.C. area. And in order to be on these industrial teams, you had to do construction jobs. And so uh, if you know anything at all about the geography of, of Washington, D.C., the Beltway there, 495, he actually worked on construction on the Beltway. Wow. And while he was there playing those games, he helped to build the Washington Metro system. Really? So he was on construction jobs where they, <laughs> he'd, he'd show up and what are we going to do today? Well, you know what? We're going to go underground and uh, we're going to uh, pour concrete for the uh, Metro. Now, I've always wanted to do this and this is the perfect time. And now you know... The rest of the story. <laughs> but, I mean, those are just little snippets, some of the insight into um, Bruce Bochy's incredible journey through life and the things that he's done and the people that he's met, the people that he knows. It's just it's it's really mind-boggling, and he's a fascinating individual to talk to. And when you get him away from talking about the daily stuff and you talk about what he's done throughout his past, not just baseball. And one of the things he said about that, that, uh, those construction jobs that he had, so much, you know, when they looked at him, because he was a pretty big teenager, and he had these jobs where he was such physical labor, he goes, I didn't realize it, but that labor really helped to develop my forearms. That and, makes a lot of sense. And made me huh. more of a power hitter than he thought that he was going to be. So, there, you know, there's there are tie-ins to baseball to some of this stuff, but just a fascinating individual. Does it sound at all to you like Bob Lilly when he talked about doing stuff on the oh, farm yeah. and how that prepared him for the strength needed yeah. to play yeah, the defensive Bob line? picking up cars off of people. You know, like he's just like, <laughs> what? Well, he, his story is there, there's a lady that got run over, and he picked, he lifted, the, he helped lift a car off of the person, and his, re, his story behind that was, well, whenever we were out on the farm, we didn't have a jack, so we just had to pick up the tractor if uh, if something was going wrong with it. So I just got naturally. He's strong. like, I am a jack, and they're just picking up the tractors. Yeah, that is wild, and and that is uh, it reminds me of Dexter Coakley being bricklayer with his dad. You know, yeah. he, he laid bricks, and then he had these massive arms for such a uh, a little guy. Yeah, but so you're so that's the tease ahead. Then is. On Sundays, if you're well, if you're there, you're gonna not talk baseball. I don't know if we're gonna do it the same way this year, but I if I have an opportunity, and I will have an opportunity to do the manager show uh, from time to time. We we are gonna get uh, off topic and just talk about things. You know, I think only one time last year I talked a little bit about the people that he knows in the music industry, the people that he's friends with, and I think we might try to explore that uh, a little bit more because I know he's good friends with like Huey Lewis and uh, and the good, news good good and the news are you kidding <laughs> me uh, and uh, why am I forgetting the name of Journey's lead singer right now mm, Steve Perry Steve Perry oh wow uh, he's good buddies with Steve Perry 
Uh, and he lives in Nashville, so he we have talked knows to him about that. Yeah, a whole for lot sure. more people in the music industry than uh, we've even revealed to this point. I so. might steal that though. We do have yeah. weekly, so I might steal the Huey Lewis. I'm ready to talk Huey Lewis with. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, if you if you get to talk to Boach, you got to get him to tell some Huey Lewis stories. Yes, because as a kid, so. like that was sports was the album that I played all the time as yeah. a kid. So I'm totally in a conversation for that. Yeah. Now. We were talking about this earlier in the day. Cody Bradford is I, theoretically. I, I'm, this is just my editorial opinion. I, I think he makes more sense and is a better fit in the bullpen. But to facilitate that, you would have to have a viable option for starter number five. Is there any group of people that you're looking at, or you've already seen something from that you think could be a viable number five candidate? Because I know we're all hoping for the quartet of the youngsters, but. Mm, maybe not yet. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and I don't know as though we've seen enough here in spring training to that's say fair. that somebody yeah. has yeah. stepped forward and yeah. has taken that lead role. But picking up from 2023, you know, uh, Cody's a name that stands out because of how strong he pitched in the postseason. And that, you know, yeah, he's young, but one of the things that impresses me about him is his poise on the mound. And that we've got a lot of guys that just are not impacted by the gravity of the situation, whatever that situation might be. You know, the guy that really stands up for me in that regard is Dane Dunning. Um, I, sometimes I, I, I don't think Dane has a pulse when he's on the mound. He's our uh, favorite. Yeah. And, and he just he just goes about his business, and truly every pitch is just, what do I need to execute here? I'll execute it. Give me the ball back. His expression never changes. And Cody Bradford's a lot like that. And so, um, you know, I, I, I think that he can handle that number five starters role, but there's a lot that's going to happen between now and March the 28th. And uh, there, there could be a few others that kind of uh, step up. You know, usually in spring training, you always have a surprise or two, and, and maybe that's going to happen on the pitching side this year. The, um, I, we've kind of discussed this at length. What's your feel on Ezekiel Duran's place on this team? Because the couple of hits that he got yesterday, I know you were you were running around yeah, yesterday a little bit, yesterday, but, but he anyway. had a couple of really hard hits yesterday, and I'm just trying to figure out he lost what, what Bochi told us was he lost uh, his uh, discipline on the strike zone, yeah. and uh, and but whenever he has it, the dude crushes. So what's his? Where is his role? Can he be a DH? What what, what do you th- foresee for him? I think he can be a DH. Um, I think uh, obviously. You know, depending upon when Corey Seager gets back, you know, Zeke filled in so well for him last year. Uh, I mentioned this stat the other day when when Corey went down for that uh, month period early in the season and, and Zeke got most of the starts at short. Um, he had an 880 OPS. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. 880. Uh, basically wow. being the everyday shortstop and really, really good defensively at short. So... There is definitely a role for him on this team, but that is going to be determined by, I think, what happens with other people. Um, But I've got no worries about him playing at short, no worries about him playing at third, or worries about him being uh, the designated hitter. Um, And if that's going to be in a platoon situation, fine. Where he got out of whack last year, as you mentioned, was the chase, the fastball up, the slider down and away. He's got to got he's got to get back into 
swinging at pitches that he can do damage to, which is one of the things that, as a team, the Rangers did very well last year. Zeke did it for a while, but I think he felt like in order to be in the lineup later in the year when he wasn't getting regular playing time that he had to be three for four every day and driving the ball. And so he just needs to be of the mindset that he's good enough to play and um, just go about getting back into the zone. Do you like doing yard work? Uh, yes and no. That's quite the zig. I, mm-hmm. I like, mm-hmm. yeah, it is. And maybe, uh, I don't know if I've got a zag for that. But uh, I enjoy, like, cutting the grass every uh-huh. now and then. Um, I enjoy uh, going out and pulling weeds. That doesn't sound like okay. something a lot of people like to do. Um, I, I, I like to get a little dirty in the yard, but I don't like to do it when it's 97 degrees. Okay, because my buddy Jake out there right now is watering the dirt, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I was wondering if you could have one job. Like, you don't have to do all the grounds crew. Would you rather water the dirt, draw the lines, Make the designs with the mower in the outfield and the infield. Like, if you had a job to do, what would you like to do as a grounds crew member? I, I, you, you hit on it. I want to be the lead guy on the hose. I've actually okay. wanted to do this. I would love <laughs> to spray. One of the joys for me as a kid, uh-huh. going to see the Washington Senators play at old D.C. Stadium and then later going to see the Orioles at Memorial Stadium – was to be at the ballpark early enough so that you could see this going on and see the dry infield dirt then become that sort of medium brown color. And I was fascinated by that. To me, that was one of the joys of going to a baseball game, getting there early enough to see that. I would love to do that. I'd probably be bad at it, but... I'd I did it one it. time for ESD, Episcopal School of Dallas, and I overwatered the mound. Oh, no. <laughs> it was, of all places for you yeah, to overwater. It was always dry, and I'm like, we got to add more water to it. <laughs> and I added more water to it, and the kids were They're slipping. Like and into the the mound. That's on me. I we lost too much three water kids that mound. night just <laughs> sunk into the mound. Anybody have the kitty litter that I can fix this with? But there's a real, there's a real art to this. And I admire guys that do it and do it well, so I'd love to have an opportunity. Now, Hixie, you were you were telling me uh, that Scottsdale is the place, and we saw the environment here yesterday. Yeah. But you were telling me the giant setup is is the place to be. Can you kind of explain for people that might be venturing out here that sh- that might be a destination? For yeah, them. Old Town Scottsdale, not like where we played the other day uh, at uh, Talking Stick which is where the Rockies and the Diamondbacks train, although that's a beautiful facility and a great place to watch a, a game for sure. But that's in way north Scottsdale. This is Old Town Scottsdale where the Giants play, and they've been there since sometime in the 80s. And it's, it, it, as I was saying to you, the equivalent would be going to a game at Wrigley Field. When you go to a game, a Giants uh, spring training game in Scottsdale, it is a party. And the Giants fans are really good baseball fans, and they know yeah, what's they going on. But... If the Giants win a game, it's great. Even if they lose a game, it's right. great. Just because of the atmosphere, it's always packed. It's it's very it's it's a unique ballpark here to the Cactus League because it's in Old Town Scottsdale. It's in a community. There are homes in the area. It's it's right next to a, a public library. There are restaurants. Um, it's not like these other facilities that have these huge parking lots and there's all this space and. You know, it's just, it's right in this little neighborhood, 
it's a destination point for more than just baseball. And you got to go there at least once just to take in the atmosphere of a game there. And then, like I was telling you, John Miller's doing a game. Oh, that's another good people one. Are, and, and so the radio booth there, that's a good one. Uh, people can walk along the, the last row of seats and they can poke their head in the booth. Um, and after a game, John will sit there in the booth and sign autographs until the line goes away. Awesome. And that that might be an hour that he's staying extra just to meet the fans and say hello and sign autographs. Um, So, you know, it's a very unique situation they have over there. And to have a guy like, you know, a Hall of Famer like John Miller – um, it's so it's it's so much fun going over there to uh, to do a game. We enjoy it. Uh, wish we could go over there more than once. Yeah, uh, y'all are over there tomorrow. In spring correct? training, we're there tomorrow, and that's it. But uh, it's a real privilege to be able to go over there. And so if yeah, if you're coming to uh, Arizona uh, and you're going to be here for a few days, make sure to uh, check off uh, Old Town Scottsdale uh, as a place to go. I just remember John Miller calling me, you know, because. I accidentally threw a ball right down the middle to the greatest home run hitter of all time. So, well, Mike, sorry about we that. Oops. Bring it up, but <laughs> yesterday, did. thanks, man. We had the opportunity to all go out to dinner together. Is there any chance you could repeat verbatim what you said about Jared Sandler yesterday? No, no, there's zero chance. I he was getting that. on me. It was funny because I think some of you guys. I wasn't at the end of the table that you guys were at. Uh-huh. I think some of you guys got served. Like before we did at we our did. end of the table, uh, Eric uh, Nadell and I got served, and then we were still waiting for uh, Gavin and brought us to get their meals. Yeah. And so they finally brought their meals, and I looked down at your end of the table. I think you guys were done. Well, we decided recently we did a lot yeah. of studying on this. We had a if segment the food's on this. hot, yeah. we did a whole segment on this. If the food's hot, you can eat. So that so was there it. Is... So, so I get served, and I enjoy dining. I heard your story. You need an hour, hour and a half. An hour, an hour and like you're doing minutes. a feast or something. I'm halfway through my meal. Everybody's plate is gone, and you guys are staring at me like, come on, Hixie, finish your food. Yeah, and Jared, Jared just, he's just over there just Jared, talking trash. If, if Jared goes more than five minutes at the dining table, that's a story. <laughs> that's a new story. I've never seen him take six minutes to eat any meal in his life. Maybe less Chicago talk next time and more eating. I can do eating talk. Okay. All right. Good, good, good. Well, we appreciate it very, very much. Thanks for hanging out with us last night and hanging out with us all week. And thanks for popping on right now. Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate thanks, it. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Hicks right here on your home of the Texas Rangers, 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, you know what? If we're busting people's balls, what? let's go after Mike just a little bit. Uh-oh. As we interviewed Kirby Yates, and he told the story to Kirby that Jared is tired of listening to. What <laughs> all does that mean? Let's dive into it next right here. On the- we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Fan. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 Through the Fan. We have a lot to get into in this segment. And I want to start with, we've only mentioned it a little bit, the 
trade that the Dallas Stars made yesterday, and I know they're playing tonight, they're playing Winnipeg, it's a big game, so we'll probably dive into all of that even more tomorrow, but picking up Chris Tanev is... It's a big, big deal for the Stars. It fit what we had requested in terms of your defenseman right behind Miro in terms of picking up a top four defenseman. But this is pretty encouraging right here. They come out with trade grades, right? Okay. The trade grade for the Stars from ESPN, A-. minus. The trade grade for the Stars. Well. (laughs) That means negative. If it makes you feel any better, the Flames got a C-. minus. They did because they, they had salary retention and everything to go along with it. Yeah, it was it was an interesting deal. and Everybody the, thinks that if they waited a little longer that, that they would have got more. Deal. Yes, I absolutely believe that. And the Athletic gave the Dallas Stars an A-plus yes! for this deal. Plus they it. were able to get another team to take half the salary by dealing off, I believe it was a fourth-round pick, and then they traded two other picks to largely facilitate this deal, and it's exactly the kind of player that you need. Not a lot of offensive pop, but he is a shot blocker, defender. Yeah. It's what you needed. That was, that's the line that I, that I got was they were concerned about holding on to him for later trade for higher value yeah. because he's the kind of dude who throws his body out there for the sake of the team. So this dude is willing to take on pain, but he's also on the, on the ice a lot. And so that's a big factor, too. So, but, yeah, Kevin, he, he is willing to put his body in front of a puck. That's something you need, man. You need to have you, – you have a guy that sets the tone like that. Everybody follows. Uh, so you have some really skilled – and also this allows uh, – this allows DeBoer to do a lot of different things with his defensemen now. He can move – he can work around with uh, Harley and Haskinen to have those two guys together. He can do a lot of different things to pair up with Tanev here this is a really good addition for them. In case you're curious, by the way, the Athletic gave the Flames a D, largely because of what you just, yeah, the D, largely for what we were just talking about in terms of not impressed. If you're going to make a deal this early, mm-hmm. you would think you would get more payoff. So, Does that, Do you feel like that leaves nil some space to go do something else, or that's I, good enough? I think it could, but I think this was the primary move. Like if an injury popped up, in the next few days, maybe. But I think this is the move. Now, so what was worse? Is it the deal made by the Calgary Flames? Or is it this statement from the Chiefsaholic lawyer? Now, I only kept part of it. He kept going down this down this route, and it was ridiculous. So Chiefsaholic is the Chiefs fan that loves the Chiefs more than anything, except for maybe robbing banks. Oh, yeah. And people guy, yeah. were able to use his social media presence to determine that he might well be a suspect in some of these bank robberies. And he has now pled guilty to these two bank robberies. What? I believe he could face up to 50 years in jail. I'm not saying that would happen, yes. but that would be the maximum penalty. So let's go to cut number one. And I can't stress this enough. I did not make this up. This is not me doing a parody of what a lawyer for a football fan would say. Cut number one. This is his actual attorney actually talking to the media. From the beginning of this case, folks, the government has been blitzing and Xavier's pocket was collapsing. But today, Xavier stepped into the pressure. He took responsibility for his actions. He stood up in court, humble and repentant, 
and admitted what he had done. Wow, that dude basically just did an entire uh, football play-by-play -play on he what his client did. on this metaphor train for like another 45 seconds, and That's I'm like, bit, let's dude. just... <laughs> That's a bit. His, so, his lawyer is pulling bits. I'm going to say this is worse because I love what the Chiefs did. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I love what the Flames did. I do not love what Chiefs Aholic did. I love what the Flames did. I appreciate them facilitating this trade to help us out. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. We were going to hear from Kirby Yates. Maybe we're still going to hear from Kirby Yates. Do you think... We should go to break in anticipation of a Rangers player or not. Just do Kirby Yates. Okay. We talked with Kirby Yates this morning, and here's what you need to know going into this. Is Jared made a crack last night in the car first, I believe it was, is that Mike has a cool story about how he knows Kirby Yates' brother. And at one point, Jared's like, oh, my God, stop telling that story. I've heard you tell that story like seven times. And so I'm, I understand exaggeration. But once Mike met Kirby today, he did start telling him that story about his brother. And Jared looked right over to us and he goes, is he doing it? Is he telling the story <laughs> about his brother? And I just gave him a big thumbs up. And I was like, he definitely is. So here is we didn't record that part. It was a nice little moment. But here is our conversation this morning with Rangers reliever Kirby Yates. Got Kirby Yates hanging out with us here on the KNC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan. You're home of the Texas Rangers. Kirby, how are you feeling right now at this point in spring? I feel good. Body feels good. Um, you know, I love where I'm at and everything's going well so far. Now, my co-host Mike just regaled you with stories of, his, of your brother and had a great conversation. Do you think higher or lower of Mike after meeting him and knowing things? No, I've, uh, you know, once he kind of came over and introduced himself, like I remember watching him pitch when, um, you know, he was teammates with my brother in Norfolk, and it's kind of cool because, you know, now I'm, this is, I don't know, 15 years later or whatever it is, so it's, pre it's pretty neat to be in the same clubhouse. Did, now, you, did you ever wonder when you were watching me pitch and it was like 86, 87, you're like, how is this? guy getting people out at this speed no not really I, I mean I thought it was pretty crafty um you know I think you threw like a kind of like a hybrid of like a change up split thing that kind of rolled over the ball and it kind of took a little dive from the left side so um it was interesting to see how you kept people off balance so it was nice to watch one of his managers once said keep trick effing those hitters have you ever had a manager say something particularly rude to you like that that you're like I'll show you uh, no, because I think if you can trick the hitters, you're doing a good job. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't an so, insult. Right. <laughs> I think, you know, that's kind of what I had to try and do. I try and trick them, make the decision hard for them to swing. And I think if you can do that, you're probably going to be pretty successful. Do you think any of those hitters look back at you after the fact and they're like, how the hell did he just get me out? Yeah, a lot, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's got to be the most fun, though, is whenever you get a guy and he looks back at you like, what just happened right now? Yeah, I mean, you got a couple swings yesterday where guys are swinging, missing fastballs, kind of shaking their head going, you know, how did I miss that? And I'm walking off the mound, smile on my face, so it's all good. <laughs> you know, if they keep swinging and missing, it's, it's good life. Kirby, how many big league spring training camps have you been a part of now? First one was... I think this is my 11th or 12th. How much have maybe you changed your routine over time, or how much has <clears throat> baseball 
change their routine on how you get ready for a season? I think it's kind of both. Obviously, the older you get, you're going to, you know, your routine's going to change, kind of adapt. I don't want to say it's changing. It's more of like adapting. You add things, you take things out. Um, you realize what's more important the older you get and kind of need to do a little bit more to get your body ready. I think as far as like baseball change, I think they've kind of taken more on a, like a step to kind of individualize spring training to everybody instead of, you know, the teams, every single person is doing the same thing. It's more, a little bit more individualized and uh, try and make it a little easier on your body. Have you had a moment yet where Mike Maddox walks out and puts his arm on your, his hand on your shoulder? And what are your thoughts when that happens? No, um, I'm hoping I can stay away from that. That have, means it's gone bad. Yeah. <laughs> If he comes out and puts his hand on you, you feel like you're probably getting scolded. You did something wrong. So we're trying to avoid that, but it hasn't happened yet. Our theory has always been that he just says, pitch better. And that's pretty much what goes into it when he does that. He, he could be, you know. Listen, I hope I'm not here telling you exactly what he says. Right. Is there? You were talking about the things you added, the things you dropped. Was there anything you dropped along the way that you can tell us about that you're like, that just doesn't have a practical application to what I'm trying to do? I mean, nothing at the top of my head. I mean, for the majority of it, it's pretty similar. I would say, you know, there's more of an emphasis on, I would say it takes me a lot longer to get ready to go out and throw as opposed to walking in the weight room, rolling out really quick, stretching your arms, going out and throw. Like, you know, now it's about getting the lower body kind of synced up and ready to go out there. So you can be kind of effective when you play catch. It's just... You know, and, and doing all these things, like, the older I get and, and the more I do, I do feel, like, it's shockingly, but I feel better now than I did probably 10 years ago. My last question, do Hawaiians ever get tired of Hawaii? <laughs> nope, never. It'd be pretty hard to. Seems like a hard place. To, no. My wife was like, hey, that's what we're doing for our 20th year anniversary. It's in two years. I'm like, that's, I don't know about that. Can we take the kids? Should I take the kids or not? Yeah. 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 yeah, well, they have, uh, there's a lot of places you can go. They got Disney Resort there, I'll so you can knock that out or I mean there's places where you can stay on the beach and listen sit on the beach watch your kids run around you sit in a chair and have time of your life Mike you said don't take my kids right I said enjoy your wife okay there. <laughs> that's good too <laughs> There he's you go. Dude. He's a good dude. He was. He was excellent to talk to. And like I said, him and Mike were talking for a good few minutes before this. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. We're live from Surprise. Now, coming up next, it could be interesting. We might chit-chat with those fellas from the G-Bag Nation, or we might have Wyatt Langford on the show. We'll find out. And there's a guy with no shirt on in a barrel costume. <laughs> we will get updates on all of these things. That's interesting. All of these things coming at you next on The Fan. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 Through The Fan. We're live from Surprise. We're getting ready for some Rangers Brewers action. We're also getting ready for the G-Bag Nation. And it's possible in this segment we might talk with Wyatt Langford or Marcus Simeon. All right. I believe Wyatt Langford is going to come up to the headset in just one second. Now, we got Brian Broaddus with us. What do you fellas got coming up on the program today? Yes, Heggy, we've got uh, Chris Young at uh, some point in time here uh, in, the, uh, in the broadcast. And then we've got day baseball. So uh, we'll be commenting through that. 
And then Krusty's Corner at 240. I'm going to go through some college centers that you oh, need to okay. figure out about. Yeah. Are you also excited to check out Jackson Churio? I am. Uh, uh, Mike Bassick has given me a scouting report. I'm digging this. I'm, as always, digging day baseball, but digging a big championship banner out there on the flagpole as well. You love to see it. You love to see it. All right. We have got... Wyatt Langford on with us right now on 105.3 The Fan. Thank you very much for popping on with us. We were just talking about this with one of the guys from our afternoon show. How much do you love day baseball? I know a lot during the season you get into the routine of more night-based baseball. Do you dig the day baseball? Yeah, I sure do, man. It's awesome. The weather here is uh, it's beautiful right now. I mean, it's 70 degrees every day, so can't complain. Now, we did see you at a uh, autograph signing session a few, about a, minute, a little less than a month ago. Yeah. I was kind of curious, did your hand cramp up on that day, <laughs> or did, did you make it through just fine? No, nah, I made it through. I'm getting, uh, I'm getting used to it by now. Did you feel like a robot at all? Because it's just like sign, sign, Oh, yeah. Sign. It's, it's, uh, it's a little monotonous, but, I mean, it's good. It's, it's, uh, you can't complain about it. I know I told you this at the time, but I do want to say thank you again and for everybody listening as if they need another reason to root for you that you signed a couple extra autographs for our charitable event, Peaceathon, in November, and I just really appreciate that. Yeah, and you're welcome. Uh, I love getting to do that kind of stuff. It's, uh, it's a super easy way to kind of interact and to help out. Wyatt, we talked to Evan Carter a few weeks ago before spring training started, and he said, well, I haven't met. Wyatt yet I'm I'm excited to get to meet him and know him I'm wondering obviously since this is your first big league spring training with the guys who are you getting to know well on the team I'm trying to do a good job of just trying to get to meet everyone I mean there's a bunch of guys that I haven't met um but yeah I mean I'm living with Josh for the most part so I'm talking to him a lot I've got to talk to Evan a lot it was good to finally meet him we hear that Nate Evaldi is a big time. Like he got, he tries to get around to everybody at some point. Has has Nate Evaldi made his way over to your locker yet? Yeah, he has. I've talked to him a couple of times. He he uh, he seems like a super nice guy. Um, he's very outgoing, and it's it's good that he uh, he makes sure to interact with all the new guys. What's the vibe like? Not only obviously being in big league camp is a big deal, but how's it feel being in big league camp for the defending world champions? Man, it's great. It couldn't be better. It's uh, it's super chill. It's super laid back. But everyone's getting their work in. Everyone has their head down working and uh, looking forward to this year. What what are is there anything in particular you're working on? Because we hear different things from different people depending on how you know set your roster spot is. I lost you there. I lost what have you there been for focusing second. on? Oh, okay. So one of the things that we hear is depending on how set your roster spot is, you might be able to experiment on some things in spring training. Now, as you're in spring training, what have you been focusing on? Um, you know, the biggest focus has been just kind of getting back into playing right now. I mean, um, getting our feet back underneath us. Uh, I think it's been the longest period of time I've gone without playing. So uh, getting back used to playing and um, just going out there and having fun right now for the most part. Wyatt, I was on the backfields today watching some of y'all's outfield defense, and I thought this was interesting. I haven't played in a long time and never saw this drill before, but the coach was putting three balls in the fly ball machine probably maybe one second apart, and then all three of you had to call a like one, two, or three and catch a ball. Can you explain maybe how easy or difficult that drill is? <laughs> uh, I'd say it was right in the middle. It was, it was a little fun. Uh, we were having a little fun today with it, um, trying not to get hit by each other, by each other's fly balls. 
But uh, <laughs> no, it's, I guess it's just working on communication for the most part. We got it from uh, Derek Hill whenever he was with one of the other organizations. He kind of he uh, he led the drill work today. How did you do at your communication skills today? They weren't bad. They weren't bad. Now, we, uh, we did get a chance to talk with Boach, and I think from the fans' perspective, there's, like, a lot of hype, a lot of excitement about seeing you on the field, and I'm kind of curious on what your own expectations of yourself are. But Boachy told us yesterday that, uh, that he already told you you're already better than Willie Mays because, <laughs> uh, you, because he went 0 for 22 in his, first, uh, in his first outing in spring training. That interaction, uh, can you confirm that interaction with him? <laughs> no, nah, yeah, but – Boach has been a, done a good job. I mean, obviously, he's one of the best to ever do it. So he's super good at uh, being really even, even kill and um, talking to guys through certain stuff. I don't know if you've been able to see this, but on the field as the game's getting ready to start, there is a bigger shirtless fella in a barrel <laughs> out there. These barrel boys. What yeah. They call what, what, what do you think about that? And maybe what's the wackiest game promotion you've ever seen? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not sure about that. I'm I'm sitting in the clubhouse right now, but now that you say that, I might have to go out there and check it out. You should, <laughs> yeah. It definitely is something you got to see. Hey, what was it like facing Yamamoto yesterday, getting that opportunity to get up against him? I mean, a lot of people haven't seen him. A lot of people haven't seen you. What was that? Was that a, a little uh, juice going along with it? Yeah, it was great. Um, I mean, anytime you get to face a pitcher of that caliber is, is a really cool experience and um, really good practice, I think, going into the year. Um, and in a setting that, you can, uh, you're just trying to work on th- certain things and see those pitches. You know, it's amazing why it is your draft class right now. It looks like, obviously, Paul Skeens could make the rotation for the Pirates, you might make the Rangers. I know that Cruz is having a great spring training for the Washington Nationals. You got to face those guys last year in the SEC. I was wondering what it was like hitting against Paul Skeens last year. You know, I didn't get to face him uh, in the SEC last year. I faced him. I faced both of them and played played with them in U.S. Team USA um, for the collegiate national okay. team the summer before. So it was really nice getting to meet those guys. I mean, they're both super good dudes, down-to-earth, hard workers. Um, so, yeah, I mean, all the su- success is no surprise. I know this might be a little bit of a difficult question because it's a few days into spring training and playing games, but is there a difference between big league spring training games and, let's say, minor league games that you got to play in last year? Yeah, I would definitely say so. I mean, this competition here is the the top of the top. So uh, it's definitely a, a step up, and I'm still getting adjusted to it, but it's been great. You talked about this is probably the longest period of time you've gone between playing baseball leading into the season. I'm curious, as our Metroplex gets to know you even better, what kind of stuff do you enjoy outside of baseball? I do a little bit of everything. I mean, I, I like to spend as much time as I can outdoors just because um, once the season gets going, it's kind of hard to get get outside as much. Um, so, yeah, really anything outdoors, I love to read. That's about it. Are we are we hunting outdoors? Are we hiking outdoors? Are we uh, boat paddling? Yeah. What's our what's the the next plan? Yeah, hunt, hunting, boating, that all that kind of stuff. All right, man. Yeah, that sounds like you can do a lot of that here in Texas for sure. And yeah, then exactly. an add-on: what's your favorite book? <laughs> Ooh. 
Hmm, my favorite book. That's a tough one. I I don't know if I have a favorite. I like I like to read like um personal development type of books though. It's kind of my genre of choice. Oh, okay. Nice. I, nice. I, I don't know if this can be included. Do you have a least favorite book? <laughs> like I know people You read five pages like I, this ain't for me. I know people love The Great Gatsby. Me overrated. Do you have a least favorite book? I can't say I do. I had to give it a shot. We'll had to give reading. it a shot. We'll keep reading, though. Well, I know the game is about to get started. They're about to fire off the national anthem. We appreciate your time very much, good sir, and best of luck the rest of the spring. Yeah, thank you all very much for having me on. Absolutely. There you go. Wyatt Langford right there on the blue chew hot seat. Although, thanks to y'all, in my brain, <laughs> I almost called it something different right the there because of y'all's yeah. There's no way they would be upset with that. They'd that's probably the, be like, that's what they're trying idea. to do. That's, Why didn't we think of it? That's, that is yeah. a good point. That is a good point. And for people asking, yes, there was a little bit of a delay between... Him. I thought he was just a thoughtful guy. No, I, I mean, thought he was like, I really got to think this I, I, There is definitely <laughs> a bit of a delay going down to the clubhouse, but very much appreciate the time for Wyatt Langford. All right, we got first pitch of Rangers Brewers coming up, but that means G-Bag Nation is coming up next. Roll home with them. We have been the KNC Masterpiece. Make your way back with us tomorrow right here, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. live from Surprise on 105 through the fan. Say play ball, Kevin. Play ball! We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.